Hello, I'm John Eldridge, and welcome to the Ransomed Heart audio podcast. For more information on Ransomed Heart Ministries, our resources, and events, please visit us online at www.ransomedheart.com. Craig, about 10 years ago now, um, we asked you to leave your home and family and two daughters and the world you'd known for many, many, many decades in Los Angeles and moved to Colorado, um, come to Ransomed Heart, be a part of this. How hard was that for you and for Lori? Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. So many things to say, could say. Uh, incredibly hard. Incredibly hard. You, um, you leave a world where you're just doing life together swing by, fix a curtain, help with something, drop off a roll of paper towels from Costco, help uh, edge the lawn. I don't know why the son-in-law isn't doing all this, but uh, (laughs) (laughs) offer counsel, encouragement, talk. And then when you move geographically, um, now you switch to every phone call and every visit has a little more of a formal feel and texture. So just that natural being together um, changes. And, that, and that's probably the hardest part is yeah. just adjusting. Um, missed them, their friends, and everything they brought to our, to our lives. That was the hard part. Friends, you're listening to the Ransom Tar podcast. John Eldridge, Craig McConnell, Brad Beck on our team. Um, Brad's actually the executive director of Ransom Heart. And this week, I wanted to talk a little bit about our experiences in changing families and in uh, what is often referred to as the empty nest. All three of us now, um, <laughs> I wouldn't say veterans of it, but I, um, having entered into it, and uh, yeah, just wanted to share our, our hearts and, and some of our thoughts on that. So Brad, your daughter, Bree, got married last summer, and then a couple of months later, um, your youngest, Chris, headed off to Texas, uh, Texas A&M for, for college. That's right. How you doing, pal? Oh, man. You look a little ragged. You do. I feel ragged. You know, intellectually, uh, a little over a year ago when Bree and Drew got engaged, I thought, wow, you know, when Chris goes off to college, we'll, Lisa and I will be home by ourselves. And um, that was purely an intellectual exercise. I would acknowledge that. I had no idea what it meant. Yep. <laughs> no idea the shifts that were occurring. It didn't yep. prepare for it at all. And so we actually kind of had a, a series of events. Chris graduated from high school at the end of May. Brian came back, got married near the end of June. And then within like seven weeks of that, I drove Chris in his little 180,000-mile uh, car to, uh, to Texas to drop him off for college. Left him there, got on a plane, and flew back to my wife in my lovely house and realized that a corner had been um, – I had gone around a corner – that Lisa and I had never gone around before. 
and life was different. It was going to be forever different. Doesn't mean they're not coming back to the house. It doesn't mean they're not. We're not going to see them again. It's just something has really shifted, and a lot of this shift was good. A lot of this shift I was not prepared for. Yeah. I didn't. It snuck up on me. To say that you turned a corner is a far too gentle metaphor. The bottom fell out. Yeah. I mean, just the emotional. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, for Lisa, for a mom. I mean, right. Um, and then all that that brings up in a marriage. I right. mean, it's not exactly been something that you have just sort of danced through. No. No, it hasn't. There's been huge shifts in our relationships. Um, we miss Brienne. We miss Chris. Yeah. Um, I mean, Brienne had been gone for a while. She had gone away to college. But when it felt like she gets married and she moves, it's a lot different than when they're single and they move. Oh, exactly. And the last one. Your attention goes to the one that's still at home. Mm-hmm. So when, when Brian left for college, I mean, you know, we had Chris's high school life, and it was full, and it was good, and he had friends. And we were in the high school scene, and, uh, um, and then it ended. Yeah. It just ended. Yeah. It ended when we took him off to college. I was going to say, it's like the rapture. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're left with a world that's very different. You are. You are. Friends, um, those of you um, with younger children, you need to be prepared that that taking Mm -hmm. your child to college, if that day comes, um, dropping them off and driving away, Mm -hmm. um, first for Sam, then for Blaine, then this fall for Luke, is the hardest thing I have ever done. Mm -hmm. I think maybe literally ever. Um, but certainly as a parent, the hardest thing is just, I mean, Craig, I remember when you took Megan to um, Cape and Ray in England and dropped her off and you got back to your hotel room. Yeah. I just bawled. You fell I, apart. Totally. Wailing. Yeah. I mean, it just felt like devastation, loss, yes. you know. Yeah. That, and it's helpful, friends, as a category, I hope you know that initially we experience all change as loss. Mm -hmm. That's just kind of how the human heart processes it. But, you know, to enter into a new stage, whether it's um, literally losing a spouse or changes, moving to a new city, you know, um, children getting older, whatever that may be, it's loss. Mm -hmm. It's loss. And, And for us, dropping Luke off was brutal. But what blew me away, you know, it's, um, Labor Day weekend, we're in Spokane, Washington. Luke, um, you know, we said our goodbyes to him and shed our tears. And we did our best in each of these scenarios to prepare our sons for it and also to prepare our sons for our emotions because they don't have the same emotions. You know, for them, it's mostly excitement. It's mostly, woohoo, I'm starting college and new friends. And, you know, they're on an adventure. For the parent, it's just, you know, it's loss and... And so to prepare them for our emotions and talk that through and say, look, you know, mom and dad are, you know, we're going to kind of fall apart and that's not your fault and you don't have to take care of us. Yeah, that's good. You know, we've, we've coached all three sons on that. We're going to be okay. 
Um, our tears mean we love you. Yeah. But then to get in the car, we're not even out of the parking lot of the college yet. And I was absolutely blown away by in one goodbye. Our life has completely changed now for the rest of our life. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, that moment now, Luke has left and everything's different now. And to come back home into the empty house, I mean, the the sorrow, the grief, you know, Mm -hmm. Craig, you were wailing in your hotel room and and just, um, it's, it's uh, brutal. Yeah. I remember going into my daughter's bedroom and you just sit there and look at everything and, and you see their entire life kind of pass before you. Yeah. By the all the little knickknacks and you don't want to change your sheets. You don't want to pick anything up. It's really, you really go through this odd grief. Oh, it's grief. Yes, it is. It's grief. In fact, for for several weeks, I was unable to go into Luke's room. I I just couldn't do it. I couldn't take it. Um, And um, I think just to say that the grief is normal, Mm -hmm. the grief is okay, um, to experience change as loss. And yet the thing I was so powerfully aware of also is in the midst of the sorrow, don't make agreements. Mm-hmm. Don't make agreements. You know, just – in fact, it actually began for us and probably for you, Brad, as well, as you mentioned, with Chris's graduation. Because right. of that, that's the end of the school years. That's the end of the, the games and the, and the matches and, and parent-teacher meetings and homework. And, yep, all that, <laughs> the arguments and the groundings and all <laughs> that that goes with it, you know, and, and the adolescent years. But nonetheless, you know, it just it's over. It's the end of it. And we've done this three times. Our sons attended a public high school here and. And uh, I'm sitting in the same seats and, and for the third time and I'm going through it. But this time it's it's over, over. Like this yes. is the last time I'll be doing this. And, and Luke's, you know, got his cap and gown on and, you know, I'm, I'm weeping and he's beginning to make his way up to the front. And I am just – it feels like all of the data, all of the data of life, it just felt like it, it's just loss. Life is just loss. Yeah. And so I, I was praying, you know, right there in the graduation ceremony. And uh, it's a big school. It's, you know, thousands of people at this graduation ceremony. And, and I'm sitting there in my seat and just saying, Jesus, Jesus, how is this not just loss? Mm-hmm. And it was amazing. He immediately he spoke and he said, oh, John, nothing is lost. Mm-hmm. And you know how Christ can kind of communicate to you like in a moment a whole concept, a whole, you know, whether you call it a vision or a picture or intuition or, you know, gift of discernment or something. He just, he's able to get across an entire truth to you and its implications and all of that. And I knew in that moment what he had communicated was that because of the coming kingdom and because the kingdom is the restoration of all things, because in the kingdom of heaven, no moment in this life that was precious to us, no moment of beauty, um, no experience, nothing that was, none of that is lost. None of that is lost. I was suddenly aware of, wait, and I said to him, I'm like, whoa, wait, Jesus, hang on. Nothing is lost? And he said, nothing. And that has absolutely rescued us 
through this experience. I mean, it's just, it's still hard. I mean, we miss them terribly, right. you know, and then you, you hit the holidays or the birthdays and they're not there for it. And, you know, or just, and Craig, as you were saying, just the drop by moments, just the casual hanging out, just all of the, you know, I, I can barely, barely, barely handle dinner still. You know, I hate setting the table for two. It's just crushing every night. I just hate it. Just what we're hanging on to is is to have the the hope of the realization that um, we don't just live in time, friends. It's not just you know a continual experience of losing things. We live in eternity. We live in the kingdom. Right. And Jesus uh, says in Matthew, he calls the coming of the kingdom the restoration of all things. Mm-hmm. He says at the restoration of all things, when the Son of Man sits on His yes. glorious throne. And to realize while we experience losses in this life, they're not permanent. Yes. Mm-hmm. They're not permanent. That has really, really caught our hearts in this. Yeah. And John, when you told that story about graduation, I don't know if you told it to us here at the outpost when we were just talking during a, a meeting or whatever, but that meant a lot to me. Um, that was part of the the framework and the worldview I was able to carry on through Brian's wedding and then driving Chris down to Texas. And you're right, nothing's ultimately lost. But also, uh, just ask Jesus for interpretation for what these events mean. And you can look at a loss, but then I am so happy that Bree and Drew are launching a family out mm-hmm. in Southern California, mm-hmm. and they're in right. exciting careers, and I applaud them, and I get to hear about them, and I see it on Facebook, and who they're responding to, and and their friends. They have a new circle of friends, and they look great, and I applaud that. And then, you know, Chris goes off to college, and he does well, and he's meeting new guys in new situations, and and um, did well in his courses, and that could have never happened unless I drove him down to Texas and dropped him off. Mm. He could have never seen how he would have been able to handle his life by himself and new situations and new clubs, new activities, new circles of friends, new opportunities uh, academically and socially. And so when he came back – um, he was different. He was different. Mm. And um, some of it was sad. You know, wow, he's, he didn't need me as much as I thought he needed me. Didn't need Lisa's right. mom as much as he needed me. But right. right. But I catch myself and I thought, wow, he he did it. Yeah. You know, he, he got through one semester. He did well. Continue to pray for him. Now, pray for him a little differently. Now, our relationship has changed, too. Yep. Yep. Um, instead of pushing him through high school, what it felt like at times, it wasn't, but it felt like at times, just pushing, please finish, please get this done, get your senior thesis done. Yeah. Now, it's like coming alongside mm. and uh, putting mm. my arm around him and say, mm. hey, you know, um, Mm. Boy, you did so well last semester. What mm. are you going to do this semester mm. to repeat that? Mm. Things like that. 
Brad, I think what you said about needing an interpretation from Christ is huge. And, mm. and John, just oh my I think God. we've hit this before. It's yeah. just in times of pain, we can make so many agreements. And, mm. and we really need Christ to interpret our losses, mm. our grief, mm-hmm. our pain. Or just change. Yes. Right. Or simply change to interpret the change. Yeah. yeah. I think the other thing that just to speak to parents who are in this, gone through it, or uh, or anticipating it now because of this podcast is, um, Craig, the other day I heard the most beautiful thing going on. Your office door was open and so was mine. And, and I heard you on the phone with one of your daughters. I don't know which one it was. But the context – I could only hear one side of the conversation and it was it was essentially, oh, sweetheart – um, honey, you're going to be okay. Everything's going to be all right. Now, remember what happened last time. And, and I mean, how old are your daughters now? They're in their <laughs> 30s? <laughs> it's shocking. Yes, I have a 30-year-old daughter with two children and a 33-year-old daughter with two children. And yet, you're still a dad. Yep. You were in that moment. It was the most beautiful. You were still fathering so them. Uh-huh. You know, once a parent, always a parent. That's true. Really beautiful in that. So loss in this stage, but in some ways, some new and beautiful things with mm-hmm. them. And I know you're so proud of your daughters. And Yeah. As time goes by, you, you see the story that is their family and life. And it's it's pretty phenomenal watching these little stories develop and and to be alongside encouraging them. Yeah. One more thing I want to say before we have to wrap this podcast up is um, so Stace and I get back from from taking Luke to college and, and it's, you know, 24 years of one way of life is over, you know, family dinners and wrestling matches and laughter at bedtime and all of that. I mean, it's just, and the pain is still there. The grief is still real and, um, But I will tell you, one of the things that has absolutely rescued us is that we had a life. We had a marriage and our marriage had a life before they left. Hmm. You know, I I know that for so many marriages, um, family life actually masks the emptiness and the lack of connection and, and shared mission and purpose. And, you know, and then the kids are gone and, and you just, you know, that can be pretty shocking for couples. Oh, yeah. And so this is kind of by way of some counsel is Stace and I didn't come back and sit down and twiddle our thumbs and, and say, well, you know. Who are you? Yeah. <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> you know, I don't even know you. You know, just right. um, we came back to a mission. We have a very full life. We already had a good marriage. We, the intimacy was already there, and our son saw it. And so that has been an enormous rescue for us. The empty house and setting the table for two is brutal. But at the same time, I can't imagine how horrible it would be if there was no shared purpose, no mission, right. nothing we were looking forward to together, you know. So if you don't have that, you better get it, you know, and, and, right. and you got to cultivate that and um, because ultimately, ultimately, you know, your marriage is more important than your children because the children come and go, but your marriage is here till death do you part. And so to have 
to have a cultivated life together, to have shared dreams, you know, to have something that we're looking forward to together now in the midst of real loss has just been an absolute rescue. So much more we could say, as with every podcast, but we just wanted to bring you into a little bit of our personal lives, let you know what's going on with us, and always thank you for your prayers for Ransomed Heart. Thanks. Um, Our team always needs your prayers. We're involved in an epic mission, and yet we're ordinary people living very lives just like yours, and so needing prayers for supernatural grace. So thank you for that. Please join us on Facebook. You can check in with us there at the Ransomed Heart Facebook page and on our website at ransomedheart.com. 